1 Peter chapter 1, verse 11. This is something that I like to, I like to teach about once every year or two. Just nothing else, it encourages me. And I hope it will encourage you today too. First uh, Peter chapter 1. I'm probably going to mess with your mind a little bit, maybe stretch your imagination or strain your brain. Uh, I don't know, try your thought process or something, but uh, I hope that when you go home today, you got a, a little, a little, I started to say giggle in your wiggle, but a little, a little light in your spirit that'll make you, make you be excited about the things of God. First Peter chapter 1 and verse 11. For so an entrance shall be ministered unto you abundantly into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. A lot was said right there, church. An entrance shall be ministered unto you abundantly into the everlasting kingdom. Have you ever thought about this? And uh, I have because I've been close to that place a time or two. Have you ever thought about what happens at death? What happens the moment that you die? What what happens? I mean, how does that go down? Uh, it's not like the stories, you know, you, you keep hearing all the stories about St. Peter's at the gate, and uh, he's got the book, and he's looking to see if your name's in the book. I don't believe it's that way. Even though I did hear a story about three preachers who were killed in a car wreck, and they got to the gate, and St. Peter was there, and uh, St. Peter's checking to see if they can get in, and there's about 50 ducks come walking across the road where they're standing. And one of the preachers said, what's up with these ducks? And St. Peter said, oh, said, uh, those are God's personal pets. He said, don't mess with God's ducks. He don't like it. He said, the worst thing you can do is step on one of God's ducks. Don't do it. So about a day later, the first preacher stepped on a duck. The duck let out a cry, and immediately up came a big giant angel with the ugliest woman. I mean, ugly woman. She had been beat with an ugly stick. And chained that ugly woman to that first preacher and said, this is your punishment for stepping on God's duck. You got to tote this ugly woman around for the rest of your time up here. The other two guys looked at each other and said, I'm not stepping on a duck. No, me either. About a week later, the second preacher stepped on a duck. Up come another big old angel, another ugly woman, uglier than the first ugly woman. Chained that woman to him, said, this is your punishment. You stepped on a duck. Oh, my God. That last preacher thought, I'm going to do everything I can do not to step on a duck. About a week later, the first two preachers see the second, the last preacher walking down the street. And he is chained to the most beautiful woman. I mean, she looks like she's straight out of some magazine, one Miss America contest or something. She's beautiful. And the first two preachers start talking. One of them said, oh, my Lord, what did he do? Look, we got these ugly women chained to us. said, what did he do to deserve that? And the woman spoke up and said, I don't know what he did, but I stepped on a duck. <laughs> but that's not the way it is, okay? That's not the way it is. Here's how it goes down. At death, your Bible says that you are absent from the body and present with the Lord. Just like that. You're absent from the body, present with the Lord, and eternity begins. Um, 
Let me talk to you about two things when you step into eternity. The place that you arrive in eternity and the event at the moment you arrive in eternity. The place that you arrive and the event when you arrive into eternity. Is everybody okay? First, let me explain this to you. In the Old Testament, before Jesus paid the price at Calvary, there was what was called Abraham's bosom. It was paradise that was in the middle of the earth. You remember the rich man to Lazarus? And Lazarus looked over, and, and he was told that there's a gulf between you and, I, and, and them, and they can't come to you. They were in Abraham's bosom, and he was in hell. It was in the center of the earth. But in Ephesians chapter 4, it says, When Jesus was resurrected, that he took captivity captive and ascended on high. He took those that were being held in paradise and ascended on high. Now, Peter, uh, uh, excuse me, Paul came along later in 2 Corinthians, and he said, uh, I was caught up in the paradise, into the third heaven. So paradise that was in the center of the earth, Jesus ascended, took paradise with him, and now it's in the third heaven. Is everybody okay? So the moment that you die, you're absent from the body and present with the Lord. You arrive in paradise. But now, I'm going to talk to you about paradise, but, but listen to this. Listen to this sentence I'm about to say. Paradise is now the landing spot on the planet heaven just outside the city of God. Let me say that again. Paradise is the landing spot on the planet heaven just outside of the city of God. Somebody said, planet heaven? What you talking about, preacher? <clears throat> Watch, go with me over to Genesis chapter 1. I'm uh, in the teaching mode today. I'm going slow. I'm not ashamed to tell you that these treatments have got my body a little tired, but I'm here and I'm going to teach the word. Amen? <laughs> Watch this though. In chapter 1, it says, in the beginning, God, now watch how it puts these two things in the singular. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. God created heaven and God created earth. In the beginning, he created the heaven and the earth. If you go over to 2 Kings, I want you to watch it. It says the same things. 2 Kings, chapter 19. And look at verse 15. 2 Kings 19 and 15. Look what it says. Hezekiah prayed before the Lord and said, O Lord God of Israel, which dwelleth between the cherubims, thou art God, even thou alone, of all the kings of the earth. Thou hast made heaven singular and earth. Did you know that heaven was a planet? And on that planet is a city. And that city is called a New Jerusalem. Is everybody okay? Again, now watch this. 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 11. Look at it again. Come back over there with me again. Look at it. We're going to break it down. 2 Peter chapter 1, and verse 11. For an entrance shall be ministered unto you abundantly into the everlasting kingdom. <clears throat> I said it earlier, I believe that paradise is the landing spot on the planet heaven that you arrive at in eternity. 
Do you know what paradise means? Listen to this. Let's, let's let our brains wander just a little bit. And I want you to imagine this, if you would. This is why if you get a Greek lexicon and really study out thoroughly, study thoroughly the word paradise, this is what it means. This is an extended definition of the word paradise. It says it's an, it's an ornamental garden. An ornamental garden would be a, outside of a city or, a, or a, at the entrance of a city or the, outside of a home. An ornamental garden. Uh, it says it's a pleasant, peaceful park where there's water fountains and sitting beaches. It's in the likeness to a garden of Eden. It's a place of forests, orchards, full of fruit trees, shrubs, flowering plants of rare colors, very fragrant herbs, edible grains, mighty mountains growing lilies and roses of all colors, parks enclosed by walls. It's a place of exceptional happiness and delight, contentment, fulfillment, luxury. All the inhabitants are eternally youthful. Music permeates the air. And again, it says it's a shady, well-watered park with stately trees watered by clear streams on whose banks are large, large herds of choice animals. That's the place I'd like to go. How about you? says uh, it's filled with the sweet scent of myrrh that grows throughout the park, surpassing any in beauty. Can, can you wrap your mind around that place? Think about that place. Such beauty, such beyond what you can imagine. And remember in Revelation chapter 2 and verse 7, it says that there in the middle of the paradise of God is the tree of life. Then in Revelation 22, it says that the rivers of life have the trees of life on either side of the river. That's paradise. Then it says this. It says in paradise, it says, there are large arbitoriums. Arbitoriums are groups of specific plantings. Think about this. Groups of specific plantings of trees and flowers that are cultivated, being cultivated. That means that over here in this section of paradise would be hundreds of thousands of roses. And over here in this section, hundreds of thousands of maybe violets or some other kind of flower, some kind of shrub or some kind of tree. Big areas where there's hundreds and thousands of these trees and these shrubs growing in this place called paradise. No wonder Paul said, I have not seen, ear have not heard, neither had it entered into the heart of man, the things which God hath prepared for them that love him. You and I can't imagine what awaits us in paradise. We can't imagine such a beautiful landing spot on the planet heaven, such a beautiful landing spot on the planet heaven that we will be amazed, astonished, and astounded. We'll find ourselves bewildered, stunned and staggering at the shock of such a perfect place, such a place of beauty, such a place of contentment. And I liked what, the, what the, uh, one of the definitions of the word paradise there says, all the inhabitants are, uh, uh, how is it word? It said all the inhabitants are, are, uh, are youthful. Yeah, all of the inhabitants are youthful. I personally believe that everybody that's in paradise is around the age of 30. Whatever the peak, whatever the peak in somebody's life is, I know for most of us, it's around the late twenties or early thirties. Our bodies are at their peak. So whatever, whatever that peak is, 
I think people are at that age. Now, I can't explain about children being in the kingdom of God. I don't know if they grow up. I don't know what, how that works, but I know what the definition is. I believe that everybody's eventually at their peak, perfect in their bodies. They're at their peak. How many of y'all can believe that with me? Now, now watch this right here. Here's the event. That's the place, paradise, is where we land. Here's the event. It says, so shall be, in verse 11, for so an entrance shall be ministered. Look at it. An entrance shall be ministered unto you. Listen to this right here. I want you to think about this a minute. The word entrance means a welcoming in because of an expected arrival. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? There will be, when you arrive into eternity, there will be a welcoming in because there's an expected arrival. Time you get there, word has gone out that you're coming. Yes, ma'am, word has gone out that you're coming. The rabbis, the, the Jewish rabbis used to teach this. They taught that as people entered paradise, the angels of God stripped them of their grave clothes and arrayed them in robes of glory. Can you imagine arriving it's an expected arrival, and when you get there, the angel of God drops a robe of glory on you. And, and you look at your body, and now you're, you're maybe when you died, you were 60, 70, 80 years old. But now you're, you're 30 and strong and perfect and glorified. Let me ask you this. It also says this. It says it's an entrance, an expected arrival, and, and it says this. And you're escorted and led in. You're, you're going to be escorted into paradise. Well, let me ask you this. Who's going to escort you into paradise? You ever thought about it? If, if it's an expected arrival, there are people there waiting to escort you in. Who are these people that are going to escort you in? I think I can tell you. Go with me over into uh, Genesis chapter 25. Look at it. Got your Bible and you're bored with it, then I'm sorry for you. <laughs> Genesis chapter 25. And look at uh, verses 8. Look at verse 8. Abraham died. says, Then Abraham gave up the ghost and died in a good old age, an old man full of years to watch this, and was gathered to his people. The Hebrew word there for people means family and extended associates. He was gathered to his family and extended associates. In Genesis 35 and 29, look at it. Going over to there, 35 and 29. Is it okay? Are we okay today? Everybody's okay? Okay. I mean, I feel like sometimes when I'm going through this and I'm weak in my body, I often feel like I just ought to just... I just ought to not come in here. I just ought to let Caleb, because he's, this man's a stick of dynamite right here, and, and he'll blow the place up every time he takes a microphone, and, and I just feel like that's what everybody deserves, you know? But, but we, we love the Word. We love the Word, too, don't we? I mean, not that he don't get the Word, but we love the Word. Genesis 35 and 29, look at this right here. 25 29 says, And Isaac gave up the ghost, died, here it says it, and was gathered unto his people. 
was gathered unto his people. If you go over to 49, it says of Jacob, he was gathered to his people. If you go over to Acts chapter 13, it says of David, he was gathered to his fathers. So, so there's an abundant entrance. There's an escorting in. Let me tell you what happens. Let me tell you who that welcome committee is. When you get there, your family's there to meet you. When you arrive, your parents, your extended family, your children, they're there to meet you. Can you imagine when you step out of your body and, and, and instantly you stepping in through the gates of paradise and the first thing you know, there's your mama and your daddy falling on your neck, kissing you and your brothers and your sisters and those that you have loved. Some of us have been dead for decades and there they are looking healthy and young and vibrant and you're all together. Does that excite anybody? That, that excites me. That excites me. Well, I'm going to show you another little something right here. Uh, and, and you're, you're going to be surprised. At it. Go to Luke chapter 16 and verse 9. Look at this with me. Luke chapter 16 and verse 9. I want to show you a little nugget. Give you a second to get there. Luke 16 and 9. 16 and 9. Watch this right here. It says, and I say unto you, <clears throat> make to yourself friends of the mammon. That's money. Make to yourself friends of the mammon of unrighteousness. When you fail, the Greek word is die. When you die, they may receive you into everlasting habitations. The Greek says, when you die, they may receive you into their eternal mansions. Now think with me just a minute. Look at the scripture. Look at it. When you die, they will receive you into their mansions. Make to yourself friends with your money so that when you die, they will receive you into their eternal habitations. <clears throat> when you give money on Mission Sunday, when you die, somebody in the Dominican Republic is going to meet you one day and say, hey, you used to give money to help me when I was on planet Earth. Come on over to my house. Let's sit down and talk a while. Look, look at that scripture. That's what it says. That make to yourself friends of the mountain of unrighteousness. That when you fail, when you die, they, your friends, may receive you into everlasting habitations, into their eternal homes, their mansions, their eternal homes. I want you to think about that. There's, there's going to be time and eternity, Barry Webb, for us to just sit down and talk for everyone. I, I, I tell our friends down on the island, a lot of them I've known for years, those pastors that's worked for us. I tell them, listen, when we get to heaven and we're all speaking one language and that language will be English, I say, when we get to heaven, I say, y'all come on over to my house a while. Come on over sit down. We'll, talk. we'll be able to sit down and talk to each other then, Landon. You'll be able to sit down and talk to some of them brothers and sisters you met in there. We'll be able to sit down and talk to them for a long time. And they'll be so thankful because you made friends with your mammon. You made friends with your mammon. An entrance shall be, it says, ministered unto you. Can I take it a step further? When you die, an entrance shall be ministered unto you. Watch this. The word ministered in the Greek says this. It's a fully supplied event. An entrance with all your friends, all your family, all your uh, associates there shall be ministered. There will be a fully supplied event planned and scheduled says they will be furnished a choir and dancers 
It'll be a celebration. When you arrive to heaven, all your family will be there. There will be a fully supplied event. There will be food. There will be people dancing. There will be a choir. And actually says round dancing, like you've seen them Jews that do around. It says it will all be. Ha- Can you imagine the scene of your family celebration when you arrive in heaven and there's a choir singing? You know, in heaven, in the, the choirs in heaven, it's not just people. It's also choirs of angels. Go back and study it out. You have a, and there might be a choir of angels and people singing for you when you get to heaven. And Mark Ward will be leading the praise team. Can you imagine that? A fully supplied event because they were expecting you to arrive. The Bible says it's appointed than a man wants to die. God knows exactly the day you're going to be there. And he will have your family there. He'll have that you had that party geared up and ready to go. How many of you believe that with me? Amen. How many of you believe it? Yeah. <clears throat> Let me go back over to first Peter here before I get messed up here. Watch this. There, an entrance, an entrance shall be abundant, shall be ministered unto you. Now watch the next word. Everybody with me? An entrance shall be ministered unto you abundantly. Now hold up. An entrance. And expected arrival, all your family, all your friends, shall be ministered, a celebration, choir, singing, food, everybody there. An entrance shall be ministered unto you. Now listen to this. you got to go with me on this one. Abundantly. Don't you love that word, abundance? An, an entrance shall be ministered unto you abundantly. That's what awaits you in the future is abundance. But watch this right here. An entrance shall be mentioned unto you abundantly. And the Greek word is a word we don't normally use, but it's copiously. You shall have a copious interest. What, what does copiously mean? Listen now. It means this. A designated for you. Designated for you. A bestowment of wealth and possessions in large quantities. A full house of prosperity. An entrance shall be mentioned unto you abundantly. An entrance shall be mentioned unto you. And at that entrance there will be a bestowment of wealth and possessions that you own. And it says it will be bestowed to you in large quantities. How many of you can stand a little of that? Well, in large quantities. Uh, just turn there. You know, go over to John chapter 14. John chapter 14. You know, go over there. John chapter 14. Don't step on no ducks. <laughs> John chapter 14. Jesus said this. He said, let not your heart be troubled, verse 1. You believe in God, believe also in me. Then he says, in my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. Somebody said, what's the word mansions there mean? If you get the, if you get the Greek concordance out and look it up, the word mansions means mansions. <laughs> it means an abiding place, but it also means a mansion. It says, says in, in my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. 
Then he says, I go to a fair place for you. And if I go to a fair place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself. That where I am, you may be also. Let me tell you something. Your future is a future of abundance. <laughs> somebody, somebody said, well, I'll just be happy. Just, just give me a little log cabin in the corner of heaven. There are no log cabins in heaven. I'm sorry, there's no log cabins in heaven. And, and why do you think that by being poor, you're being more spiritual? Huh? You're standing around. You've arrived. It's a party. You're at the entrance. It's a celebration. And they're bestowing upon you possessions that belong to you. And then somebody says, come on, let me go show you your house. And they walk you over to a section of heaven and you notice as you're walking over to that section of heaven that there's other people that you're familiar with that are in your section of heaven. Maybe it's your family. Maybe it's your church family. I don't know. But First Peter says, I'm back in First Peter chapter 1, verse 11. Watch it now. For so an entrance shall be ministered unto you abundantly into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Now watch this. The word everlasting means the blessing of endless ages, eternal life, but it also means this, a life of continuing divine revelation. Continuing divine revelation. When we get into eternity, Pastor Kent, it's not like we've learned everything and we made it there. We're just starting to learn who God is. We're just starting to understand. We're just, we're just starting to see the depths of God. Everlasting, the blessing of eternal life and continuous uh, revelation. If you go with me over into Ephesians chapter 2, Ephesians chapter 2, and look at verse uh, 7. Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 7 says, Verse 6 says, he raised us up together, made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. And then verse 7 says, that in the ages to come, age after age after age, in the ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace and his kindness toward us through Christ Jesus. What that said was, in the ages to come, he might show, that's a word for theater. In the ages to come, he's going to show one depth of his grace after another depth of his grace. You will forever be seeing new levels of the grace of God. You will forever be seeing new levels of the glory of God, of the abundance of God, of the goodness of God. I want to learn more about God. How about you? I want to learn more about God. Ephesians chapter 12. Go over there with me. Ephesians chapter 12. I'm sorry, Hebrews. I'm saying Ephesians. I mean Hebrews. Hebrews chapter 12. And look at verse 22. I love this verse of Scripture. Verse 22 says, But you're coming to Mount Zion. To begin with, do you know that the New Jerusalem is a city of mountains? You know there'll be no oceans in you know there'll be no oceans in the eternal earth and the, the New Jerusalem. There'll be no oceans. 
But it's a, it's a city of mountains. It says here, you're coming to Mount Zion. Mount Zion is where God's throne is. It's the highest peak. The New Jerusalem, it says, is, watch this, 1,500 miles square and 1,500 miles high. It's not a cube. It's not, somebody said it's a building with stories. No, it's not that. It's a city. Watch this now. It's 1,500 miles high because when you step through the gates, you're in the foothills. And those foothills rise and rise and rise and rise in all directions. To the center of that 1,500-mile city, where is the peak, which is Mount Zion, where is God's throne? Crystal throne room floor, rainbow over his throne. It's at the peak. Watch this. Your Bible says that out of God's throne runs the river of life. Water runs downhill. Water runs through that whole city. Out 12 gates, east, west, north, and south. From that peak, water runs downhill. So he says, you're coming to Mount Zion, unto the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem to an innumerable company of angels, to the general assembly and church of the firstborn, and are written in heaven, and to the God, the judge of all, and to the spirits of just men, made perfect. Watch this. And to Jesus, the mediator of a new covenant, and to the sprinkling, and to the blood of the sprinkling, which speaketh better thing. The blood of the sprinkling, the actual blood of Jesus, which is there on the mercy seat in the New Jerusalem. Have you ever thought about have you ever thought about the fact that one day this Jesus that we've sung about, that we've read about, that we've talked about, that one day you will actually sit down and talk to him? Take him by the hands, look him in the eye, and he'll be your friend, and you'll be his servant, and you'll fall, and you'll worship him. Lord, Lord, listen, we got too much to not serve God. We got too much at stake to not serve this God that we, that we're serving. Jesus said, if you drink of the water that I give you, you'll never thirst again. I don't know what you're going to do, but when I get there, I'm going to get me a big handful of water out of the river, and I'm going to drink it. And I'm going to reach up to the tree of life, and I'm going to pick me a fruit. You know, tree of life has 12 manner of fruit. Every month, there's a different fruit on the same tree. What, what kind of tree grows 12 different fruits? Think about it. But every month, there'll be a different fruit. I'm going to get me a piece of that fruit. And then it says that the leaves are for the healing of the nations. That's the nations that are outside the city because you and I live inside the city. But I'm going to get me one of them leaves and I'm going to break it open. I'm going to rub it all over me. I'm going to say, I'm healed. I'm well. I'm whole. From this day forward, there'll never be another pain and there'll never be any more sickness. There'll never be a down day because of this. I've read several. In the last year or two, I've probably read 15 books about heaven 
and eternity. I, I told my wife yesterday, I said, I, I think I... I think it's time. I just, I just feel like I want to teach about eternity again. I just want to hear about eternity. And she said, well, that's all you ever think about. You might as well. But, uh, <laughs> but I've been reading a lot of books about eternity. And, uh, you know, you, 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 some of these books, they've got these near-death experiences. And, and you don't know what to believe or what not to believe. Some of them seem scriptural and some of them are out there, you know. I mean, they're just really out there. But I read an account, and I do believe this can happen. This one lady said she was in heaven, and she saw this big choir. And she said part of the choir was angels. Part of the choir were humans. I want to get in a choir between two angels and sing, don't you? Think about it. And she also said that, she said, I saw this big band that was with this choir and part of the band were angels and part of the band were humans and the lady said and as I looked I realized they're playing instruments that I never saw on the earth they're playing instruments that she said I never saw on the earth and she said also as I looked I began to realize that they were in this beautiful garden with flowers and shrubbery she said and they were colors that we don't have on earth. Can you imagine getting to heaven and seeing colors that we've never seen? I don't know what that, I don't know how that'll be, but there'll be colors that you've never seen. Stretch your imagination a moment. Have you ever thought about when you arrive to heaven, who's going to agree? Who, Think about your family. Think about your friend. Who's going to listen? There's been people in this church the last year or two that I look forward to hugging their neck one day when we get into eternity. Have you ever thought about your home? Say, no, Brother Steve, that's all, that's all, that's all flesh. I just think about loving Jesus and falling at his feet. Listen, you might fall at Jesus' feet. But after so many thousands of years, he's going to say, get up. What you doing, Lance? Let's get busy here. We've got things to do. Right? right? I mean, there's nothing wrong with thinking about what you're going to be doing. He says, I'm coming. I'm going to give to every man what, according to what his work shall be. You're not going to lay on a cloud and pluck a harp and little baby cherub and drop grapes in your mouth all through eternity. You're going to be assigned a job, a duty, a work. Yeah, and you're going to love it. You're going to love it. And have you ever thought, really, to really put your, wrap your mind around it. I, I've spent some time thinking about this. Have you ever thought, what's your home going to look like when you get to heaven? What's your home going to look like? One brother I was reading behind, he said, I got there, and it looked just like my home on planet Earth. I thought, oh, no, God, I don't want to settle for this. <laughs> I'm believing God for more than what I'm what I'm living in now. Listen, I got I got big dreams for for my home, and and I and, and I've asked God to put my wife's home right next to mine, so I so I slip over there at night and see her, you know. <laughs> in my home, in my home, I want I want a big I want a big room, a big music room, Caleb. I want some of them instruments that we don't have here on earth. 
and I want some angels and friends hanging around. I got enough musicians, friends. We're going to have a jam going on all the time. And in my home, I want that big old stately porch. I can see it with the arches, a big stately porch. And, and, and uh, Melissa Hunter, I've asked God to give me three lines, a, a, a normal colored line, an albino-looking line, and a black line. And I want them laying around on my porch. When I come down off the porch and I start heading over to Donnie Leonard's house to see him, I want them lines to walk with me. Maybe walk in and out between my legs while I'm walking. And when you walk up to me and you see them big, mean-looking lines, they're going to purr like a kitty cat. You're going to rub them behind the ears. They're just going to, They're just big pets. Have you ever thought about this? When you get to heaven, are, are some of your pets going to be there? How many of you believe some of your most choice pets will be with you in heaven? Raise your hand. Yeah, so, somebody said, said, oh, well, if God, you know, if, 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 if Fido being in heaven is what it takes for it to be heaven for you, then God will put Fido in heaven. I personally have had one or two dogs that I know ain't going to make it to heaven. <laughs> I had a dog when I was, when I, I had a dog when I was a young man. Every time he got around me, I was like, get off of my leg. What's wrong with you? <laughs> he, he didn't make it. <laughs> but I've had one or two that were precious that, then I just ask God, let them be there for me when I get there. Amen. Amen. Hey, listen, my wife and I, she mis our last child, she miscarried at four, going on five months. When I get to heaven, when Donna gets to heaven, we got a son that's already there. Amen. I had a little cousin that got ran over by a car when he was about five years old and killed instantly. He's there. I'll get to talk with him. Some of your loved ones are there. Hey, when I step into heaven, talking to you, Landon, when I step into heaven, your old granddaddy that played guitar here for us, me and him, get, I'll get to talk over him. He'll say, I heard my grandson's preaching at your church. And I'm going to say, Richard, he's doing a tremendous job. You'd be so proud of him. Yeah. I plan on going. How about you? And when you get there, don't step on no duck. <laughs> don't do it. Don't do it. Praise the Lord. Do I have a van behind me somewhere? Where are you guys? Boy, y'all had half your crew lay out on you today, didn't you? It's, Ju it's July the 4th, everybody. But y'all made it through. You did a good job. You did a good job. How many know they, they pull it off every time, don't they? Let me read this scripture to you again. Y'all ready? Here, here's what it says. For so an entrance shall be ministered unto you abundantly into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior. Watch this now. An entrance ministered abundantly. Everlasting kingdom. Lord Jesus Christ. 
When I get there, I want to sit down at the feet of Paul. I want to sit down at the feet of David. I want to hear some of these men of God teach. I'd like to talk with some of those that Jesus healed. I want to talk to blind Bartimaeus. I want to say, what was it like, blind Bartimaeus, when the first thing you saw was Jesus' face? I want to talk with some of them. I want to see some of the miracles. that. Ha- I want to talk with that young man that was the widow's son in the casket, and Jesus touched his casket, and he jumped up out of that casket. I want to talk with him. Amen. Stand to your feet. Let's close like this. Let's close like this today. I know all of you, we're going to try. I just want us to come forward, lift our hands and look, and just give God some worship and some praise that we've got an eternity that's full of promise and full of abundance and full of goodness. And we'll be there with our family. We'll be there with each other. And we'll spend eternity learning about Jesus, learning more about God's goodness and more about God's grace. And we'll realize that even uh, after a lifetime full of study and a lifetime full of church, that we were just really, we were just really scratching the beginning. We were just really almost understanding what it was about. But when we get there, it'll drop on us like revelation fresh from heaven. Fresh from heaven.